Say hey to somebody beside you or behind you while you're sitting down. Give them a, a greeting, a hello. <laughs> hey, uh, we're, we've got a, a couple special things this morning, um, uh, but before we do, I wanted to uh, give a couple announcements. So our, our, our kids, our kids' ministry, the kids that are uh, going this morning, we're sending them off to kids' camp. All right, kids camp, they're going to be gone for a few days. Uh, my wife, their fearless leader for this trip, is going to, we got, but we got, she's not by herself. We've got some other fearless leaders also. Um, and, uh, but they're going to be going down to uh, Springville Camp and Conference Center. They got cabins and it's the whole, they got a lake and they got games and the whole, the whole works. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but the, probably the biggest thing that I'm most excited about, because uh, I'm not 11 years old anymore, is um, is at night, uh, close, at night uh, they've got uh, all throughout the, the camp there are services um, specifically for kids that they can uh, really have some mile marker moments is what we call them with Jesus. And, and God God does rich things in us, uh, us old people, and he does uh, rich things in kids. He, he meets us where we are. He meets us, where, he meets us exactly where we are. And, um, and so uh, be praying for that. They're going to have a they're going to have an awesome time. I already know that they will. It's going to be really, really good. Um, the second thing is this. Uh, our, we, we are in, we've, we've started, we're in June, we're in the summer of, uh, the summer of 65. I don't know why I went redneck on that, but that's what I did. We've got, uh, we, we have our final fundraising push for our building renovation, the final $65,000. You're like, man, I thought that would be like the total number. No, no. That's the last part. That's the final leg. Uh, but we're raising that final 65. We've uh, 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 the Lord has blessed the church, blessed you guys. Um, y'all, y'all have been so generous. We've had other churches that have contributed, and um, and so we've got that final push. You guys, I want to I want you to know that for the this summer we've continued our tent to table building uh, campaign, and so we're raising that. So be praying for that. Be um, also ask God how you can participate in that, how you can be a part. Um, you don't have to ask me. You can just ask the Lord. That's all I ask. And um, that how you how you can be a part. God's doing it, and it's going to be a, uh, an incredible uh, move and an incredible new season. We've had some crazy seasons since we started two years ago, and um, and uh, and it's been it's been incredible. Hey, our church so is just a, a couple years old, but in that time, um, as a as our own uh, church plant, as our own missions opportunity, our own missional community. Um, we've we've not only been planted as a church, not only have we given uh, have, have has have people given to the church and participated in that, but we've turned around and we've given also to uh, other uh, to missions and outreaches. In fact, we've given over uh, over thirty thousand uh, dollars since we started to missions and to uh, outreaches all over. And so uh, it's it's a part of our DNA, a part of uh, of who we are, and and. Um, uh, of how we've been made up, we started giving back immediately, and um, because we wanted to make it a, a a priority and a deep value of our church, that generosity in our church really is uh, our, our privilege. And the and and Jesus said to uh, this is what he said. He said, "Go into all the world and make disciples." And he kind of gave us a model to do that. And the model was, he says, "I want you to go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria." And then if you've heard the, the, this verse before, there's the last one, and it's this uh, word called uttermost, all right, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And so what we've done is we've followed that model. We thought if Jesus gave us a model, we ought to probably kind of stick to it a little bit. And so we started that. For us as a church, our Jerusalem is Huntsville. That makes sense. So we've, we've started the church a couple years old. We've been in, investing in the community. We've been, as, a, as a baby church, we've been growing, uh, not only uh, as a body, but, but uh, in depth as well. And then we've begun also giving Judea would be uh, across. We give, we give to uh, church planting efforts all over the United States. And so this morning, we're going to begin our other concentric circle uh, into what I call Samaria. And so we got a new group. Uh, that's going to come up. Would you guys go ahead and come on up? Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, our new missions opportunity that we have at the church. This is uh, Bryce, Anna Kay, Paxton, and Sabrina, and Briggs. I said, I said Bryce, Briggs. You guys come on up. Y'all grab a stool. 
I'm sure Bryce is here also. Um, uh, I think he's in kids' ministry, actually. Hey, you guys have a seat. So Briggs, um, uh, that, Briggs and Anna Kay Paxton and uh, Sabrina are a part of a, uh, a ministry called Chi Alpha, and um, it is a ministry. I'm going to let you explain it because otherwise I'll just keep talking. But it's it's a it's a ministry to college campuses, and uh, and so I I wanted to introduce our church to you guys. Uh, but I also want to give them an opportunity to hear what our next uh, missions opportunity is for Four Corners. This is actually our, um, we've done a lot of one-offs for about two years since we started as a church as in, in missions opportunities. But this is about to be a partnership for our church, the first of many. But I think it's so cool because it's actually right here in town. So, Briggs, can you give us an idea a little bit more about what Chi Alpha is? Because some of them may know, but I, my guess is a lot of a lot of them don't have any idea. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Chi Alpha, it gets confusing. Uh, we're not a fraternity or sorority or anything like that. Um, our name actually comes from uh, the initials from Christoi Apostoli, which is uh, which means Christ ambassadors. It's found in Second Corinthians five twenty, where it says we are therefore Christ ambassadors, uh, as though God was making His appeal through us. So therefore. Uh, be reconciled to God. So that's where we get our name. Uh, we were founded in 1953 at Missouri State University. And since then, we have reached over 300 campuses across the world. So that's not not the United States, but across the world. Mm. Um, so we truly believe that the college campus is the most strategic mission field in the world. Uh, and no other context where the next world leaders uh, and cultural movements come from the, the same place. So we have the opportunity to reach students who are going back to their home countries who will be influential, uh, not, even, not just in this country, but in their home countries as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's why we believe like the college campus has to be reached, and that's what makes it the most strategic mission field in the world. And in short, we do that by uh, running a church on campus uh, for college students who would otherwise not attend a traditional church. Awesome. And you guys are going to be at? UAH. UAH. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, can you tell us, Paxton, can you you tell us how um, Chi Alpha is a ministry, uh, a missional community, really, planting a church on a campus, and how um, that missional community would reach people that maybe normally wouldn't show up at first to a local church in city? Can Can you give us a picture, an idea of what that looks like? Yeah, absolutely. One thing I love about serving God on the university campus is that we get to meet people where they're at. The, the Lord gets to meet people where they're at through us. And I'm going to just share a story about that. So this past fall semester at the University of Alabama, where we've all been serving for a few years now, I this was the first day of class back in August of 2021. I walked into our student center with the intention of meeting some guys. Uh, it's something we do every now and then. We'll just meet students. That's a big part of what we do, actually. So I, I walk in, and I, I just say a simple prayer. Lord, I want you to, to lead me to someone who needs you, someone whose life you want to interrupt and, and change. And I found a guy eating Chick-fil-A for breakfast, and I walked up to him and said, hey, can I sit with you? And he said yes. I started asking him some simple questions about his life and eventually asked him, did you grow up going to church? And he answered my question. He spent about 10 minutes answering my question. He started sharing with me that uh, when he was in high school, he started becoming interested in Christianity. He started attending a church. He, he really wanted to be a Christian and was trying it out and did this for about three years. And then his life started to go in a downward spiral and that's still where he was at. He was losing or had lost his faith in God, was struggling with depression. He started sharing with me a bunch of struggles that his family was going through, cancer in the family, loss of jobs. Um, and after all of this, he looked up at me, and to quote his words exactly, he told me, I am completely hopeless. Mm. And 
what's more, I didn't know this until about a month later when he shared this with me, but he had woken up that very morning and decided I have nothing left to live for. By the end of today, I'm, I'm going to end my life. And that's, that's what he told me. He didn't tell me in the conversation, but I found it out later. So God met Trevor, that's his name. God met Trevor where he was at. And I got to open up the word with him right there over his Chick-fil-A and share with him the love that Jesus has for him and how Jesus has been with him through his circumstances. And now Trevor is filled with hope and passionately loves Jesus. Good. Yes. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, so just to give you a little bit of background, so uh, all of these have served on staff at the Chi Alpha down in, uh, uh, at Alabama, Tuscaloosa. Uh, <laughs> Briggs and Anna Kay are married. You guys been married how long? Three years. They got a little baby boy named Archer, all right? And then Paxton and Sabrina are married, and then they've got a little baby boy named Lewis. Yes. And... Um, and so, uh, Sabrina, can you give us an idea like what a typical day looks like for, for a Chi Alpha missionary on campus? Yeah, so it's fun because every day looks a little different. Um, so there's certain things um, throughout the week that we do on a reg like weekly basis. So staff meetings, um, our large group services, our um, guys and girls, D groups, discipleship groups, um, and serving our local church. So those are things that are like, we do every single week. Um, and in between that, um, at the core of what we do is discipleship. Um, so meeting students, uh, like Paxton said, either going on campus and just asking the Lord and finding a student who's sitting alone and sitting down with them and starting up a conversation with them, just having a point of connection with them. Um, and with students that we are already connected with, we meet throughout the week, one-on-one, -on -one, um, just really intentional with the students that we meet with, um, asking them, just giving them a space um, to ask them, how are you doing? Like, what's going on in your life? Um, and students that we haven't, that we aren't connected with, the way we do that is we go on campus and just create a fun circle to invite people into. Um, what that looks like is having yard games on green space on campus or a picnic or setting up a table where um, we'll have a whiteboard and ask a question like, um, where do you find your hope? Um, so hoping that students will walk by and see these questions, like see us there on a weekly basis and like wonder like, what's, like, what's this group about? Um, they're asking these questions. Um, and hope to have like a point of connection with students that way. Um, but yeah, we just want to meet students and invite them into our lives, um, bring them alongside of us as we are following Jesus, as we're learning and growing in our faith. Um, so yeah, just doing life with students. Yeah, life yeah. with students. So y'all, so it'd be safe to say y'all do a lot of meals together, hanging out, sitting yeah. at the table. Y'all are all about the table. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anna Kay, can you give me an idea on your timeline, the plans, kind of what this next school year looks like? Yeah. Um, so we are here now. We have officially moved to Huntsville, and the Metcalf will move this week um, on the 15th, right? 14th. Is that right? Wow. Okay. Um, so they move this week, and then we'll be in and out of Huntsville all summer, raising the rest of our budget to be able to be on campus in August. Um, and so the main part of what we would hope out of this summer is just to be here, get to know you guys, serve you. Um, we really, really are grateful and want to be a part of this community. And you guys have already done an incredible job of welcoming us, and we just want to get to know you more. Um, but starting in August, we will be at UAH um, on campus every day, just meeting students and starting up our Chi Alpha. Um, it'll look a lot like house church which is beautiful. I love that we get to do that. Um, so the next school year, we'll just, that are, we'll just be here and <laughs> yeah, meeting students and partnering with you guys. Um, 
Awesome. No, that's so good. Oh, I love it. I love it. So uh, Briggs and Anna Kay are, um, even though they're basically planting a church on campus, uh, uh, their, their home church, they're making their base home church, Four Corners Church. And so you guys will see them a lot more. And uh, we, we get to be straight up like brother, sister, partners right down the road, and, uh, which is super cool. Uh, Pax and Sabrina are with some, some best friends and almost a, like a sibling church of ours. Uh, at Weatherly uh, down in South Huntsville. And so um, I, I wanted to give an idea. So these, these four up here are missionaries to uh, college kids. Anybody in here, you met Jesus as a, as a college-age person, college-age student, college-age uh, sometime around? Yeah, some of us. Um, th- there is such a place. There is such a need. There's such a, um, uh, um, uh, there's such a need for that age uh, for r- true, real-deal relationships, uh, honesty in relationships. And we'll dig into even what that looks like a little bit this morning with uh, our new series. But that's what this is. These are missionaries planted on campus uh, to pastor the people that are there and to be a, a direct connection to the local church. And so this is what I want to do. Uh, we're going to do two things. One is we're going to pray for you guys. The other one is at the end of service, um, when Lindsay comes up, part of our offering even though we're raising money to move into a building, uh, and that's part of the mission that God's given us, we're also going to continue to do the mission that he's given us, which is raise money and give to those that are a part, that are, that are reaching Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts. And so part of uh, the offering, this uh, uh, after service, you'll be able to give toward uh, their project specifically to them. So we're going to be partnering with them monthly, but we're also going to take up a special offering. If you give online, you can actually find, there's a tab on there that says missions, and uh, you can do that. But before we do, but before we, before you guys leave, before y'all go, and um, I do want to do this. Would you all do this? Would you stretch your hands out toward these four up here? We want to pray for, pray for you. Uh, Father, God, we know that as we respond to your call and your mission, God, what you've, you've commanded us to do, God, the great commission which is to go, to get out, to leave. God, these four who are missionaries, God, to a a particular group, a particular harvest that you've called them to. God, not only do we call, uh, not only do we ask that you be with them, we know that it's assured promise that you've already shown us that you would be with them. But God, we pray that you would make their ministry, God, that you would expand their capacity to see that you're with them and make their ministry fruitful immediately. God, bring to them the resources that they need and the passion that they need to continue moving forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thank you guys. Would y'all give them a hand clap? pretty cool. I, I, I need y'all to know something. I've been waiting to do a, um, I've been waiting for that moment for us, for our church for a long time. I, I, our church is, uh, um, our church was birthed out of people that were given to missions and it wasn't that long ago. And so our church is going to continue to be a part of, of um, uh, be a church that, that moves the gospel forward through missions. Hey, we're in a, uh, we're going to start a new series today. It's called Summer in the Psalms. And uh, I thought about a lot of creative, like, names to, for what to call this. There's all kinds of, and then I looked online, I was like, creative names for psalm series. Did you know you could do that? Sometimes I do that, because I'm like out of, I'm like, what is it be a good name for this? And I was seeing stuff, it was like, it was like bars and battles. And I was like, that sounds awesome. And then I saw another one that was like uh, summer, uh, summer jams, summer slow jams. And I was like, what? And then I just, and then I just thought, you know what? I just would. I'm kind of tired of even looking at all this. I just want to call it Psalms. So, guys, today we're starting a summer series. We're just calling it Psalms. Woo! That's right. <laughs> Finally got some woohooing in here. This is a. Um, we got a. We got a summer. Summer in the Psalms, and um, it's this is a. It's a weird season. It's a weird time to be alive. I don't know what it's like to be alive at other times because it's the only time I've been alive. 
But this is, it's, a, it's kind of a weird time. In many, in many ways, it's an incredible time to be alive, 2022, uh, pretty awesome. Uh, how many, anybody ever have, you have any doubts, like, before you got here, like, that you would actually ever, like, make it to 2022? Like, you ever think back and you're like, 2022, does that year even exist? That's like, I don't even know. You ever, anybody think, like, and now you're here and you're like, I made it. Like, I'm here. We don't have any flying cars yet, but we're almost there, you know, like, it's, it's, a, it's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. And, and now, not only you're here, you're like in the greatest city in the world to be here. And you're like, I mean, it's 2022. Best city in the world. It's awesome. It's also, though, it's pretty an unsettled time. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's pretty um, disturbed. We, we, don't, we don't know a lot of things. We don't know much at all. We don't know. We, we, you know, we look and we're being told, you know, maybe, I don't know, could we, we may be going into a, uh, an, another recession, uh, another recession, a legitimate recession. We're looking at uh, record high inflation. Just looking at like uh, economic stuff. Um, basically, a, a, another cold war with Russia. I don't know how cold it is. It seems kind of warm right now. I mean, we, there's there's so much there's so much instability. We've we have massive political shifts every single week. At least it feels like that. We get a breaking news banner. Every story is breaking news. And now I don't know if it really is or not. I just, it's, we're being just hammered with, it's such an unsettled, crazy time. And so we're walking into the summer with uh, yearbook smiles. You know what yearbook smiles are? Yearbook smiles is you're smiling with your face, uh, but just your teeth. All right? Y'all remember when you're sitting there and you're about to take a yearbook picture and you're in school and they go smile and like there's nobody around and nobody make you laugh. So it's you just like this. Do anybody have a yearbook photo like this and you look back and you're like, Oh, my word, that's why I didn't buy the yearbook, because you're just doing this. If you just could have somebody to, like, actually create some joy for you, you could, like, you could do the whole face thing. Like, you got the eyes and the, and the wrinkles and the whole, it's good, it's beautiful. Love seeing some smiles. We're going into summer like this, like, uh, I hope it gets good, I think it's going to be okay. I don't even know. I mean, y'all feel like that? It's, yes, it's, it's, it can, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's an unsettled time. And there's no hiding the truth in your eyes with the yearbook smiles. You can see it. There's no hiding the truth in, really, in our eyes now. So we come to church and in this whirlwind world, knowing in our soul that things are just off. They're not just bad. They're, they're things that are, that are wrong. Does, does anything or anybody give me peace? Does anything or anybody give me rest? It, we, we enter the church wondering the, the same thing. Where's the ground? Where's the floor? Where's, where's the refuge? Where's the, where's the refuge? Where, where can I just stop and go just for a minute, just to escape for a minute? Where, where is that? Can I, can I really be honest with my life to God? So the moment we first talk, start talking about prayer, a lot of us, there can be this tiny little voice in the back of our minds that says this, can I really be honest about where I am? Can I, can I really be honest with who I am? Can I really be honest with all these problems? And I, I'm not even sure the, the Bible's a, a, a lot of help. I've got, you know, tomorrow, I'm, you know, maybe you're in here and you're tomorrow, I'm, I'm showing up to work and I got, I've got to fire somebody tomorrow. And they've got a, they're married and they've got a family. And just, I, I don't, this is weighing on me. I gotta leave. I gotta leave on Tuesday. I'm going on another work trip and I'm stressed out and I don't, I'm, I'm there. I don't, I don't, I'm up to my eyeballs in debt. I'm, I'm, I'm just tired of waiting on an answer. Or maybe you're just, you're just so, you, you would just say, I'm just so bored. My life is so boring. It's one long, monotonous drone of just, blah. Is God even there? Does God, is, is, is he there? Is he there? And so we ask ourselves this question, does God know about real life? Because we know, we think about Jesus, we're like, I know he knows about life. Like, he knows how to, like, walk on water. <laughs> he, can, he can, like, heal people from, like, if they're, if they're blind or if they're deaf. He knows how to feed 5,000. He, he, maybe he can raise from the grave, but does he know where I am? It can feel like there's this huge chasm between where we are and then where God is. And we look at the Bible and we go, is, is, he, is he there? So the goal for this series that we're going to dig into for the summer is just to get us into the Psalms. The Psalms. Just to get us into the Psalms this summer. Because that's where we're going to find to the answer to some of those questions. Does God even really know where I am? And the answer is, you have no idea how much he knows really where you are. He, you, you, you don't have any idea. And so we just, if we can just, we, you can read them by yourself. You can get people and read them together. If you don't know where to start, just start with the first one. 
all right? Psalm chapter 1. You can get your Bible. You could get a Bible app. Uh, you, can, you can download an app and, and on uh, Bible Project or Uversion or some of these just to, just to get into the Scriptures. And so the, the big idea is this for the, for the whole month. It's just this, is that covenant relationship creates the context for honest conversation. Covenant relationship creates the context for honest conversation. Covenant, that's, what, that's, what, um, that's our relationship with God. If you have a relationship with the Lord, that's what it is. It's a, it's a covenant relationship. So sometimes um, Lindsay and I will go to weddings. We've been invited to weddings. And the ones that, you know, we're not officiating, we'll go and we'll sit there and they'll be saying their vows. And we get to sit there and they say, you know, do you take so-and-so to honor and cherish and the whole thing. It kind of gives us an opportunity to, hey, remember remember when we said, you know, we're sitting beside each other and we kind of hold hands a little bit and, and, and kind of squeeze your, squeeze the hand and say, remember that time when we said that? that you know, we were married 17 years, just 17 years, guys, no big deal, just 17. I know it looks like you're like, what, did you get married when you were nine? I didn't. It was close. And so it's that moment, it's that moment where we get to basically say it, it, it could have been one of those weeks, but it's the moment where we go, I'm not going anywhere, you're not going anywhere, we're not going to go anywhere. And so that's, the, that's actually the relationship, even more so the covenant relationship, no matter what you could ever say or you could ever do, that's the relationship that you have with God. In fact, no matter what you could do, God remains faithful. When we're unfaithful and we don't, God's still there. And so the big idea there is that covenant relationship creates the context for honest conversation. Can I really be honest with God? Can I really? And the answer is yes because of the kind of relationship it is. Can I really be honest or are we just telling God what we think he wants to hear, what he thinks he needs to hear from us, as if, he doesn't already know what's going through our brains. That can be a scary thought. <laughs> Depending on the day, it could be a scary thought. But it doesn't scare him. It doesn't scare God. It doesn't scare him off. So our passage this morning is Psalm 139. It really sets the tone for the invitation that we see from God that we find here. Psalm 139. The author writes this. He says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know, when I sit, when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out, my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before words on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before you lay your hand on me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to even attain. So it's intimate knowledge here. There's in, God has intimate knowledge. There's this picture of intimate knowledge of you and your life. He knows you, and he loves you, and he, he knows who you are better than you even know yourself. That's, this is the picture that we get. And so some of us are like, man, that's a beautiful picture. God knows me. And other of us are, are in here, and he's like, there's no way. I don't need him to know that much. But the author's writing here, and he goes, he, he, he knows me. There's intimate, and so he keeps going from there. He goes, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Where can I get? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely darkness will hide me. You ever been there? You just turn all the lights off and you're like, I'm just going to disappear. Nobody will know where I am. Nobody will know who I am. I just, I just, need, I, I just need, I need to turn. It's, I'm out. If I say, surely darkness will hide me. And the light becomes night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know it full well. My frame wasn't hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious are your thoughts, God. How vast the sum of them. Where I count them, they outnumber the grains of sand. When I'm awake, I'm still with you. So you, you have not only intimate knowledge, but inescapable presence. Inescapable presence. Where, where can I go from your presence? I, I remember um, when Lindsay was pregnant um, with, uh, with, our, with our oldest and um, I, I remember she, she loved Oreos, and uh, it was like her thing. Anybody ever have any cravings? Uh, I had my own cravings. Um, so she had, you know, 
She had, uh, she loved Oreos. She told me, she, and, and, and she would be okay if I say this. She just eat them by the sleeve, all right? And it was, she was like, I'm just going for it. I don't even care. So and she had, and I would think, I didn't know anything, and I would think, well, I guess my baby, she's probably going to love Oreos too. Like, that's what that means. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know anything that's going on. I'm just like stuck there. And I'm like, can I get you another sleeve? <laughs> so I don't, I don't know, but the picture that we get of the Lord is this, is that, the, you know, Husband, dad over here doesn't know, but even God knows. God knows every detail. He knew each of my each each of my children, all their days, even before they were born. He knit them together in that this intimate knowledge and inescapable presence. Scripture says, he, the psalmist says, it's too it's too much for me to even attain. My brain can't even grasp it all. And so he keeps going. He says this, verse nineteen: If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Uh oh. We're going to get into this a little bit later this summer. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. You ever felt like that? You ever felt like that? Did you know that was in the Bible? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God. Know my heart. Search me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. So he starts off with, he starts off with this, you know me. You know me. And he ends the whole thing with, now, now know me. Know me. Search me. Know me. So the invitation here is to accept that God already knows you. And so from that point, the invitation is to live a life of openness with him. Can I be honest with God? Can I bring my whole self to God? And so we're going to look in the Psalms. So real quick, a couple things about Psalms. Uh, what are the Psalms? The Psalms known as the Psalter. Anybody ever heard that word before, the Psalter? There's 150 chapters. Um, we're not going to probably hit all of those. Uh, there's 150 chapters. They're broken into five different books or kind of sections they're organized differently, um, used to be organized around uh, like the names of, of who they were authored by or were about. So uh, Psalms of David, of Moses, the sons of Korah, all right? Um, other times they were organized by the function. So you have the Psalms of Ascent, and there's these uh, a, a collection of chapters that are about um, uh, the Israelites, and they were headed up to Jerusalem, the songs that they would sing kind of along the way. And so a lot of them, they were gathered over hundreds of years uh, most of them were written during David's time, um, and, and, and their poems and their, and their songs. The problem is if we read it like it's like a written word, we just kind of read the, read the psalm. But a lot of the, so many of them were, were psalms, and so they were originally written to music. There's, there's instruction. So if you read one of the psalms, you'll read it, and it'll be like, you know, like strike the harp and, and clang, clang the cymbal or clash the cymbal, one of those things. It'll tell you, like, what instrument to play at that moment. And you think back, and you're like, they're, like, jamming out. They're, they're, they're going for it here in the Psalms. And so there was a, it was the musical and spiritual soundtrack for Jesus. These, these were his songs. These were his prayers. And so uh, th this, is what, th this is what he would know. If, if you had a musical soundtrack for your life, like what would be on it? Like if you started thinking, you're like, if I had a theme song when I, every time I walked in the room. Anybody ever thought of that before? Some of y'all have. You're like, I already have it ready. Like it's planned out. Like I can pull out my phone and I can play it for you if you're going to plug it in right now. My own personal soundtrack. You ever, had a, you ever, or if you thought back and you're like, if I just had a playlist of my life, songs do that, man. They take you back. They, they, they will take you to a moment in time. I preached a few months ago and I made a joke about listening when I was younger a little bit to y'all. Probably never heard of this band. Uh, <clears throat> it was this band was called named Creed and um and uh. And I made a joke about, and so I had a couple people send me like old Creed songs um, after church. And I was like, oh, what's this? And I started to play it, and then I just turned it so loud. And I was driving, I was by myself, I was rocking out. I was jamming, can you take me higher? And I was like, yes, Lord, you can take me higher. And, and, then, and, then, and then I'm jamming out to, you know, with arms wide open, and I'm thinking about my babies. And I'm just like, oh, you know, okay. So. But I'm remembering, honestly, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm playing these old songs. Uh, I don't listen to them anymore, of course, no, no way. So, but I remember driving on the road, going, uh, driving to high school, and, um, and I'm in my car, and I can, I, can, I can smell my gym clothes, like in the back seat. Like, I am, I am there. I've rolled the windows down. I've got it cranked up. 
and I'm on my way. I'm, I'm there. And this is, the, this is the soundtrack of that season and that moment. And so I can imagine Jesus having these psalms. He knew the psalms. They were the, they were the playlist of his life. And so this song begins to come up in, of, of, from the psalms. And, and, you know, he's in the temple one day. I don't know if it worked this way, but they start, they start banging a cymbal. They start, they start uh, you know, the, the flute starts off a little, a little way, and he's like, oh, I know that intro. Oh, yeah, that's, that's 150 right there. That's praise him. Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. That's, so this is, this is where, this is where the, 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 the psalms uh, come from. There's mainly two types of psalms. There's praise and lament. So praise would be, an example, would be like Psalm 145, um, you know, great is the Lord worthy of praise. Toward the end of the Psalms, there's a lot of those praises. It kind of increases into those. And uh, they don't all like fit together perfectly, but, but uh, mainly those two categories. The other one's lament. Um, uh, m- much, of the, much of the church, in, especially in the West, is lacking in practice for lament. This is basically saying, God, these are these these are things. These things aren't the way they should be. The things that are going on in my life right now are not how they should be going right now. And so, a lot of times in the churches, if you grew up in church, you, you depending on what kind of church you grew up in, a lot of times there's not a lot of space in the in the community, in the faith community, for that space to be able to say, God, this thing isn't right, and not just to do it by yourself, like when you're on your way to work. And you're thinking, and you got some prayers going, and you're like, God, nobody's looking around. Hey, something's wrong. I'm talking about, I'm talking about together, this communal lament. There's this, you're looking at almost half of the Psalms that have that. And they're saying, God, this isn't right. And there's this tension between what God promised versus what I'm experiencing. Have you ever been in that tension before? You ever been in the tension where you go, I've I thought the Lord was like this. But I'm experiencing this, and these two are not the same. There are words. There aren't just words. There are chapters. There are, there are poems, and there are songs completely wrapped up and written for that moment. And it's a right and true expression of honest prayer before the Lord. That, that's, that's, not, that's, the, that's the invitation of the Lord saying, you actually have this space. You don't have to be afraid. You have the space to bring your whole self to me. You don't just have to put on the best clothes you have and the best smile you can muster up. Maybe you can do even better than the yearbook smile. Maybe you can come to the Lord. You got the, you got the whole thing. Maybe you're just an excellent actor. You actually don't have to do that for the Lord. The Psalms paint this picture for us. And show us that. It's this incredible picture of both of those, both praise and lament. And so in this sense, lament becomes one of the most faithful expressions of prayer, really. It becomes the most faithful expression because it's bringing all of who you are to the Lord. You're not saying, uh, um, I'm, uh, you're saying, I, I, I trust God enough to be honest. I am, um, I'm not dishonoring God by drawing close. I'm, I'm. I'm dishonoring actually when I withdraw from him. And so the invitation is to take it all to him. And so real quick, I have four quick points that I want us to, us to, to think on. If you're taking notes, you can write these down. They're, they're, they're short and sweet, but they are approaches to prayer oftentimes that we'll take. Actually, there's four temptations, if we're not careful, when it comes to honesty with God. It doesn't matter if you grew up attending a church or you never grew up attending a church. Our, our church has both ends of the spectrum. You can just jump, dive on in. You can find yourself in there because this is the table and everybody's got a seat there. And we actually have people, you guys from, from, the, whole, from uh, the whole spectrum there. So it doesn't matter. There's still the temptation there for us because we're human to not be honest or to think I can't be honest. And so there's four temptations when it comes to honesty to God. And the first one is this, is to hide my tears. Hide my tears. Psalm 6, 6 says this, All night long I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. It sounds like a lot of tears, doesn't it? That's a lot, that, that's a lot of crying. That, that, in fact, that verb for flood um, uh, I, I, it literally means I've, I've fl- I flood the bed with tears. I've cried so much I can't even, I can't even cry anymore. Tears. 
I don't know what the trouble here is in this passage. I don't know if it's sickness or if it's uh, persecution or if it's something going on in their life. It doesn't say what it all it is. But every once in a while in our lives, one of the, one of the troubles of life, one of the uh, troubles of a broken world in our own life, it, it triggers within us an avalanche of just dismay and sorrow that just can overwhelm us. It, 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 can, it can become overwhelming for us. Just the, just the sheer mass of trouble in the world knocks the wind out of us. It knocks the prayer out of us. We don't even, we don't, we don't even know. Just the, just the weight of the world. It can, it can, to, to be sure, there are plenty of great God moments. There's a lot of joy. There's a lot of celebration. There's so much of that. But there's also the, the other side. And so what, what, is, what about the seasons in my life where it feels like I could literally swim in a river of tears? Now, we don't live our life there, but if you live long enough, you've had that. You've had that. What, is, is, that even, is that even represented in prayer? Is that a prayer? It is a prayer. And so the temptation is for us instead is to keep those back. But the prayers of Jesus say biblical faith is to do this, to bring it all to him. Biblical faith is to bring it all to him. The second one is this. The temptation for honesty to God is to deny my own sin. To, to deny. To, to, to deny it. G.K. Chesterton said this. Um, he once observed that the only empirically verifiable item in the entire Christian belief system is sin. No, no one has seen God. But we see sin in our world all the time. We see brokenness. You may have a different word for it. You may not like that word. I can tell you this. There's this brokenness and separation in, in sin. We can, it's, it is, we can see it. It's there. Yet denial is pretty commonplace for us, even in our own lives. Psalm 32 says this. When I declared not my sin, my body wasted away. My body wasted away. And then verse 5, it says this, But then I acknowledged my sin to you and didn't cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. And so the temptation is to deny my own brokenness, to, 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 to hide it, to keep it away. But Psalms teach us the only healing, healing only comes when we bring it all to Him. The third temptation is this, going at it alone, going by yourself. Even if you're a loner, you actually were built and made for community. You, you need that alone time. You need that, that sometimes where you, you got to be by yourself. How many, how many introverts in here are like, don't come down on me. I got to have my, yeah, I got to have my, I got to have that time. That's not what I'm saying. Psalm 102 says this, he'll respond to the prayer of the destitute. He will not despise their plea. We, we actually were made for one another. We, we are not ourselves by ourselves. Actually, solitary confinement is extreme punishment. And so God, in three persons, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, created men and women in his relational image, and he said, it's not good for you to be alone. The problem is, is one of the most familiar consequences of sin is isolation. You see it in Adam and Eve. So they immediately recognize that they've just fallen. They ate, the, they ate the fruit. They weren't supposed to do it. And so what do they do? They go off and hide. And God says, where are you? And they're like, we were afraid. We were afraid. We were hiding. The temptation is to approach God by ourselves, you know, in ourselves. But biblical faith means this. We don't do life alone. We don't do life alone. The fourth temptation is this. To, to honesty with God as we, as we open up this series on Psalms for the summer. Temptation is just this, hurry. The temptation to, to, to hurry, to blitz past it. Psalm 130 says this, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits in his word, in his word, I put my hope. So we may be, we may be stuck, we may be lost, we may be depressed, we may be angry, we may be puzzled, we may be confused but we are still on the way with Jesus. These things don't disqualify us from being on the way with him. All of those spaces are, are available and represented in, in the scriptures of being on the way toward Jesus. So I wanna encourage you this morning and this summer that the, one of the greatest temptations is for us to, to step back when it comes to following the Lord. 
is to take a step back. When we recognize our own brokenness or when we are, are the temptation is to be, uh, you know, by ourselves, the, the, the truth is this, is that there's a representation, there's an invitation through the Psalms for all of that. We're going to walk through that this summer. So I want to pray for you this morning, if you would, if you just close your eyes. I guess the question is, where, where are you today? Where are you today? I think you'll find it in the Psalms. I think you'll find it in there. The, this, this series is going to be about recognizing that God's covenant relationship with us actually creates the context for honest conversation. But maybe you're in here and you say, Joel, this series might be about genuine honesty. It may be about my relationship with the Lord, but if I'm honest right now, there are a lot of things that I don't even take to the Lord. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's tears or grief or faith or doubt. These things, it just feels like a grind because you're doing it alone. Or maybe you've been keeping secrets of sin in your own life and not bringing those before the Lord. But whatever it is, you'd say this. Joel, the challenge for me is, is just honesty. And I need to make a renewed commitment to bringing my honest self before the Lord. No more hiddenness. No more secrets. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that renewed commitment this morning as we enter into that series. If that's you, would you just raise your hand real, real high? Just, I'm the only one with my eyes open. Nobody else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so many of us. Maybe you're in here, you just say, Joel, it doesn't matter whether I'm honest in my relationship with God or not, because I don't really have a relationship with God. You talked about a covenant relationship. I, I don't really have that, but I, but I want that. Will you, will you just pray for me? I don't have a relationship, but I want one. I want, I want a relationship with the Lord. If that's you, would you just raise your hand real, real high, and then you put it right back down. Yes. Father, this morning, we are, we are so grateful. God, we could count up the blessings reasons that we can be grateful this morning. God, but one of those is that you have seen us. God, you formed us. You made us. You know us. You have this intimate knowledge of us. God, we can't escape from your presence. And the truth is, is if we really knew you, we never would want to. And God, this morning, I pray that you would teach us, show us, reveal to us, walk with us on the way of honesty. On the way of honesty in our relationship with you, learning who you are what you have to say with us and to us. God, I thank you for your son Jesus, for sending your own son to walk the way and walk the path for us that we may learn and know and become just like him. I thank you for your sacrifice, for the blood that was shed for our sins. God, we don't have to hide anymore. And we can come as we are. But you forgive and you restore, you renew, you make new again. If you, would pray, if you would pray this prayer with me this morning, everybody in here, even if you didn't even raise your hand, if you just pray this prayer this morning, would you just say, Jesus, this morning I'm grateful for your gift of grace, and I recognize the forgiveness that I can receive in you. So I ask this morning, would you forgive me, make your home in me, and give me the courage to walk an honest life and an honest faith and an honest relationship with you this morning. Open the door in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. It's wonderful to worship with each of you today. If it's your first time here with us at Four Corners Church, I'd love the opportunity to write you a note. Uh, thanking you for being with us. Uh, on each chair, there are some bulletin uh, worship guides, and there are connection cards inside. If you'll take a moment and fill one out for me and um, just drop it off in the drop box that's located on one of the high-top tables in the back, uh, we would just love the opportunity to thank you for being with us and for us to be able to, to reach out uh, to you. If you are regularly attending or you've come some and need to update information, let us know any prayer requests or just touch base with us on any of those things. I say it all the time. These are real people reading these connection cards. So whatever you need to let us know, uh, you can you can drop that off in the drop box and we'll be uh, happy to reach out to you this week. 
Uh, Joel already mentioned we're leaving for kids camp. I don't know if you can tell. I'm really excited. Like, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. Um, if your child is going to kids camp with us, let's kind of meet on that side of the sanctuary right after service so that we can get luggage and all that packed up and get them fed and all. Uh, I wanted to thank each of you who give so faithfully to Four Corners Church. Um, I was reading this week about uh, the widow who gave the mites. Many of you are familiar with that story. She came in, she didn't have anything, and she gave two mites. And Jesus was talking to his followers and said she gave more than these people who are just dumping money out, you know. And um, it, it made me think about how God commends giving in faith. And that's something that we've, we've pushed a lot. It's not about money. It's about faith steps. It's about stepping out in faith. You think about this lady, she was actually one in need of charity, right? She had nothing. And yet she gave what little she had, believing in faith God could do something with it. And so um, I'm reminded God loves a cheerful giver and he takes care of his, his faithful ones and he just does. And so I want to say thank you for giving so faithfully to the church. But I also want to remind you, God sees, he sees way past what we see. He sees your heart. And um, he commends giving in faith, just like that woman who didn't have a lot. But I, I promise God took care of her. I don't know her whole story, but I know God, and I know he's faithful. And um, so anyway, I, I wanted to say thank you. We're over the moon excited about partnering uh, with these precious couples at UAH. UAH needs Jesus. Everywhere does. But they do. And those, those sweet, precious students need Jesus. And, and this crew, we've spent a little extra time with them. They love Jesus, and they love people. And they really feel called and anointed to minister um, to this group. And so uh, keep them in prayer and uh, keep them in your heart. Uh, but we're excited about, about giving to them as well. So um, you are welcome to also, if you want to note that, if you want to give money today, like um, in an envelope, you can drop that off in the drop box. But you can also give online or by text, and we did make a drop down for missions, just as a reminder for that. I think that's all. Awesome. Hey, will y'all stand up with me this morning? Hey, I want to pray for you. If you would, you can hold out your arms like this. I don't, I don't, uh, I can't give you anything, but the Lord can. He loves to give good gifts. He loves to give good, good gifts. So now may you this week, starting today, experience the fullness of his presence, the peace and the joy that he freely gives. Walk now this week in the confidence that he loves you no matter how honest you are. He already knows and he invites you to be with him. In Jesus' name, amen.